1: Hello. So we have another episode of our business chat with Katie and Ange. This is going to be the last one because I am actually um, ending the podcast um, that I've been running. This is my second podcast. Taking a pause. I will be back. I don't know quite when in 2023, but um, I will be launching a new podcast called The Spiritual Lawyer. If you want to make sure that you know when the podcast goes live, um, I will put in the show notes a link for you to sign up for my newsletter and this way you'll be informed. And today, uh, Katie and I thought, um, as the... oh, wow, it's a trilogy. Trilogies are good, aren't they? Yeah, um, sure are. <laughs> After talking about um, body image and the fear of visibility, we were going to talk about the fear of judgment and the desire to be liked in your business and how that can actually negative negatively impact what you do. Yep. So Katie, do you want to start off and just with whatever thought you have about this topic with, and what you with think whatever? About it? With yeah. whatever.
2: I love I love it because this is I don't think it gets any more unscripted than this. Because it was <laughs> like minutes ago that we both yeah that you went, what about this? And I went, yeah, we could talk about that. And now we're recording and like I don't know. I love it. Like, I think that's where like the magic is, right? When we're just sort of doing this off the cuff, but it's also, uh, you know, pressure. Um, so, okay. So judgment and wanting to be liked fear of judgment and wanting to be liked, I suppose what, where I would like to start is stating that 99.9% of people are afraid of being judged and we do want to be liked and there is nothing wrong with that right like you're not broken you're not wrong for having those fears but you're also not powerless against them and there is a way for you to look at them turn them around understand them and then actually harness them and work
1: with them yeah and you know what this just reminded me how clinical hypnotherapy is so good with fears And maybe I'm going to talk a little bit about how the brain works. Um, So we have a fear center, actually, which sometimes is called the reptile brain, and which medically is called the amygdala in our brain. And this uh, is a very useful center to keep us safe. And, of course, because we have this fear of judgment, uh, the amygdala is going to play a huge role in how this unfolds. But what people also need to understand is that the fear center, so it helps you to get into the fight of flight mode, uh, which can keep you safe if there's, you know, um, a polar bear chasing you. (laughs) (laughs) Suppose suppose if you lived in the uh, North Pole, which I actually have for a whole month um, Mm -hmm. above the, um, you know, the whatever line it is that defines that you're in the North Pole. But of course, um, your brain can't make the difference between a real danger and your imagination. So if you imagine that you're in danger, your body will react in the same way physiologically. And there's lots of molecules of emotion that happens. And there's a a fascinating book by Candice Perth, I think, that's called Molecules of Emotion, if anybody's interested in reading that. It's like once the thought has created the emotion, then it is actually physical. It is real. It's no longer your imagination. It has an impact on your biology. So, first, remember your brain cannot make the difference. So, if you imagine that you're dying, it's going to have the same impact as if you were really dying, which is, which shows that the mind is super powerful. And I love that, but it's a double edged sword. That means that you can, and and in a way, I used to say to my clinical hypnotherapy clients that the bigger the worrier, the more you can turn it around, because it's a switch. It's a power. You've just directed it in the wrong direction. So that's number one, that your mind cannot make the difference between imagination and real danger. The second thing is that the more you spend time in your fear center, the more you're going to be in there. So it's almost like a vicious circle. So what you want is to be able to pluck yourself out of it. And how do you do that? Difficult. And ask friends for help. <laughs> you can um, try to distract your mind. It's as good as anything. The best, however, is to do a guided meditation that takes you into a relaxing place, somewhere where you can think about positive things. And and that's what the tool that we use is clinical hypnotherapy. My most... Um, And I still sell it to this day. My most popular meditation is called Relax and Recharge. And it's a combination of Reiki and hypnotherapy. And it helps you to empty the bucket of worry, as we like to call it. You know, if if the bucket is too full, then you can not think about anything else. And I'm kind of excited to share about this because I'm actually going through this at the moment. I have a lot of worries and I constantly have to think about how I can empty my bucket so I can be functional. So... I wanted to share that to show to you know make people our listeners understand that it can happen to anyone. There's no shame in it, and um, hopefully it's going to be a phase if you learn to use the tools. And for me, um, there is a real situation happening. I'm not imagining it, but there's probably a lot of fears that are packed around it that I can you know peel off. Um, It's all due to my divorce and having to sell my house. And um, I'm sure when I'm on the other side of it, I'll feel great. (laughs) But um, we can also have this in our business. You know, Um, I could fear being judged by people listening to me and thinking I don't have my life together. Mm -hmm. I actually don't. But it's taken me decades to get there. Before that, Mm -hmm. I wanted to appear perfect. I wanted everybody to know that my life was great. And I was actually reading on LinkedIn about a post from a barrister sharing how his friends were affected by other people posting on social media, their perfect lives, when he knew, because he knew these other people, that they were dealing with a lot of problems in the background that they weren't sharing. And so then we compare ourselves, or we are being judged by people who are more successful than us. So I guess I'm kind of Sorry, I don't like the expression, but killing two birds with one stone here um, to say, you know, we all have problems in the background. That's never stopped me uh, running my business. I've run my business successfully for years, even though I've been through a lot of personal crisis. And actually, it's my business that keeps me going because I find client work and recording this podcast incredibly uplifting. And I'm hoping that on the other end, people feel the same from having sessions with me and listening to this podcast so yeah. um do you think i've explained enough uh, around how we can help ourselves around the fear aspect of it um i think so
2: i think so and i do like i just want to chime into and that that um meditation that you talked about the relax and recharge that is one that i have and last year probably about a year and a half ago i was going through a lot of personal stuff um you know breakup moved around the world lost my home Blah, blah, blah. Ash, I know you you know all the details and I have shared bits and pieces of all of that um, in lots of in lots of places on my own podcast and on social media and whatnot. Um, and I remember way back when you gave that to me as homework. You said, you're I want you to listen to this every day. You said, I don't care what time of day you do it. I want you to listen to this every day because I was stuck in the fear in the fear. And again, it was a very real fear. There was a lot of real things happening in my life. But doing that intentionally every single day completely changed, completely changed me and my reactions and how I was showing up. Um, and I think it's a really great tool. And it's I, I think too, it's really important to understand that that fear response is normal. It's actually there to protect us. It's a really amazing thing. It's something that maybe not when you're in it, but maybe through working with it, you can learn to be really grateful for. Right, like there's this amazing part of you that just wants you to be safe, and it's doing everything that it can, but it's just not doing it in a way that's like the most pleasant. You know, like we none of us like feeling fear, but it's helping. And
1: I'd like to add two things to that. First, I am amazed at how you pulled through last year because I kind of was in the co-pilot seat and I saw everything that you went through um from dealing with the death of your partner to moving back to Canada, being not homeless, but having to live in someone else's home with all yeah. the constrictions and and having to have a job that, you know, didn't uh, fulfill you at all. And then mm-hmm. traveling to the UK where we met, which was amazing. And then back to Australia where your heart, you know, belongs. So I think... um on some level, I don't know if you've shared about it as a whole journey, like, this is interesting, actually, I didn't see this coming. But um, (laughs) I'm actually, I'm actually running on Monday, uh, or today, actually today, tonight at 8pm, which is going to be Tuesday in Australia, I think, a my first ever uh, webinar called the hero, hero's journey, the modern hero's journey, and you mm-hmm. would be the perfect example. Maybe I'll use you as an example for my <laughs> webinar of how, you know, the call to action. You decided that you had to leave your partner and go on this on this quest to find yourself mm-hmm. and heal your past and and really find what mattered to you. And here you are now on the other end of this journey. Mm-hmm. It's a twelve, it's just twelve um Step, not 12 step, because that sounds too much like the <laughs> Alcoholic Anonymous. But it's a st- stage, a 12-stage journey that was, yeah. um, co- I suppose, coined by Joseph Campbell. And we are all on this journey of finding ourselves. And um, sometimes things happen to us that take us out of our comfort zone. And I want to add as well that sometimes our comfort zone is actually not comfortable at all. You know, we could be in an abusive relationship. We can be in a toxic uh, working environment. But this is what we know, and so our fear center will keep us where we are, even if it's even to the point where it might be dangerous, because it's not as scary as the unknown. I think we fear change more than anything else uh, in the world. Because at least, even if we're in a, a toxic work work environment. We are still alive. We've survived, so we're okay. Whereas, yeah. if we leave that job, especially with all the fear mongering that's happening at the moment with the economic climate, then mm. it kind of tips us into I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to be okay? I don't have the answer, and it's the unknown. Yep. So, I wanted to add to this. I know we're kind of we're going into the fear more of of change and and the unknown, but. I wanted to add that I read an article that I found uh, super interesting, and I can't remember where I did, so I'm sorry I can't give you the reference, but it was saying that people who dare, people who get out of their comfort zones in times of economic downturn are the ones who thrive. You literally, Mm. that's your card for thriving, is to push and push. And I know I've pushed because in September I invested in this amazing mastermind. Um, to take my business to the next level and literally a, a month after I did that I was like oh my god why did I do and I I tipped into the fear yeah so I want you to I want people to understand who are listening here that it's important to understand these cycles and that you can't just get rid of the fear it'll always be there it's just learning to manage it and not spending yep. too much time in that frame of mind where you worry about things so that you don't get stuck in there basically because yeah. it's almost like it's I'm just being shown it's like it's it sucks you into a labyrinth and if you stay it's really hard to get out if you keep going if you're not, it to make sense. it sure, sense. Is. So, it sure is. yeah yeah um, um, okay. um go ahead no no it's I just now. I've, I've, I've so much. <laughs> <laughs> no I was gonna ask
2: you um do you still find yourself? I mean, I know that you've been in business for a long time. You've been in online business for a long time. You do a lot of personal development work um, on, you know, on yourself. Do you still find yourself in that place where you want others to like you, where you're doing things and you're going, you're questioning if somebody else will like you, or you're worried that someone's going to judge you, like on a business sense, you are worried that someone else is going to judge you. Have you worked through that? What does that look like for you?
1: Oh, uh, so I will say I'm actually sort of okay for people not to like me now. But mm-hmm. it's been a long journey. At the start, I was afraid constantly of, because I am a, I'm, I'm a peacemaker. I like a happy home. I like a peaceful home. I want everyone to get along. It's never worked.
0: <laughs> not in my life.
1: <laughs> so, but I've worked very, very hard to try and get everybody and use so much of my energy just to try to keep the peace. And I brought that sort of energy to my business to start with. And this made me, for example, for, for years, I hid the fact that I was, I was psychic. Mm-hmm. So in my clinical hypnotherapy practice, for example, I wouldn't say that I was doing tarot readings and I kept the two completely separate because I feared we're getting back to that fear of judgment that mm-hmm. people would not consider me as professional as a clinical hypnotherapist if I was a psychic uh, or if I did energy work if I was also Reiki master well, now that split my energy so much in my business but it actually almost kept it um, at a level that was embryonic you know very very tiny because the, the energy was just strangled and right. it's only when I came out and stopped fearing people judging me because, once I did, once I started telling people, yeah, I do tarot readings as well, and I actually use my intuition in the work that I do within my practice, that the people who were fascinated by it actually found me. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually created a fan club, which I didn't even know existed. So absolutely, it was so important to step out of that fear of judgment, especially the intuitive piece. Yep. And I guess I went all in <laughs> about two years ago or 18 mm-hmm. months ago when I went mm-hmm. back on LinkedIn and owned my psychic gift alongside my legal uh, expertise and my endocrine therapy and everything else. Yep. And I expected to have, you know, hateful comments, people calling me a fraud. Mm-hmm. I had such a mm-hmm. big fear of being found out as a fraud a fraud sorry especially as a psychic and I only had one nasty comment by a man yeah and actually he was pulled down by everybody else who said you know yep. what nonsense and just and that was it never had a negative comment on my post ever since mm-hmm. so I know it's important to understand that you need to – I mean, there is there is a, a, a tendency in, in the entrepreneurial world to celebrate your first hater, right? Because it shows I that did. you've gone past yep. your fear of being judged and you're finally yep. accepting to be yourself. And I know you've done some pretty courageous stuff around your body image, which can actually bring a lot of haters uh, and a lot of people who yep. want to share their opinions when really they're not warranted and not even – Asked for, I'm mm-hmm. gonna, you know, hand it over to you. But
2: thank you for <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So yes, I can. I can say when I started my business, I started my coaching business in 2017, um, and that was the beginning of me <clears throat> being online and doing videos and that sort of thing. But I still hadn't really, I hadn't stopped judging. Myself, right? I was still struggling with a really poor body image and um was not feeling great about myself. And who was I to start a business? And I didn't have any training in business, and there was nobody in my family who was an entrepreneur and had it, you know, and I had all of these thoughts and judgments. And what I realized a few years in, a few years into my business, as I was going on this journey of learning to like love myself and accept myself and make peace with the body that I had, is that when I stopped judging myself the judgments of others just didn't matter anymore. I realized that when somebody else judged me and I heard about it, or I just made the assumption, because let's face it, most of the time, we don't really know if people are judging. It's in our heads, right? We're assuming they're judging us. It's because we're judging ourselves for that thing. So we're like, of course, everybody else is going to judge us for it. But when I stopped judging myself, when I started being a lot more like kind and compassionate and forgiving with myself and really gentle, it just didn't matter anymore i didn't care if somebody else thought that it was stupid because i was good with it i didn't care if i fumbled over my words because i could have a little laugh at it and move on because i was feeling really good in in myself um and that was totally like this is years right like this is this this was not a switch um but you know where you said like celebrating your first hater i did that and yes when you are doing stuff around body image you're gonna naturally attract a lot of those people and do you know what i've had over the years i've had many haters i've had lots of people leave really like some really nasty comments like really horrific things both about myself and what i stand for and what kind of person they assume me to be um there's some people out there that really need to check in with themselves i think (laughs) but the very very first one way back when it was years ago now. And I couldn't even tell you what it was because it didn't matter, but it came in and I read it and I just went, Oh, isn't that interesting? And then I moved and it just wasn't a thing. And I celebrated because I went, Oh, I finally made it. My message has reached enough people that, you know, it's, it's affected somebody. Um, so that was really the celebration, but it didn't matter to me that, that somebody decided that they needed to leave a nasty comment. And in fact, I would sort of add on top of that, that the more, and this really goes back to, you know, my, my thing is self-love, right? That's my big thing. And that's obviously my podcast. And that's what I focus on is that when you are capable, when you're in that space of like sending yourself love and having a really loving relationship with yourself, when somebody else spews hateful things at you, my, inst- I was having a conversation with a friend last week about this, my instant reaction is to have so much compassion for that person and to wonder what are they going through in their life? What is happening in their world that they feel the need to lash out at a stranger on the internet because they just, they need an outlet. It's like letting off steam. There's no excuse for it. I don't think it's right, but that's thats my initial reaction now is compassion. Like it doesn't actually stick to me anymore. So it's
1: like tough I- I call what you've done and what I've done taking the Velcro off, because mm. when we are we have the fear of judgment and we want to be liked by people, it's almost like we have a Velcro suit, and whatever people throw at us will stick to us. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But if you peel off the Velcro, if you start take, taking the layers off of everything that makes it stick, um, yeah. then then it won't matter because it will just slide off. And I, th- yeah. I think it's a gradual process. So yes. in the beginning, you're very scared and the very first, you know, uh, the very first hurtful comment might hurt and that's mm-hmm. okay. And we need to take time to lick our wounds and say, this really hurts. But I see it as an act of service in the sense that it shows me where I have some Velcro to tend to. Yeah. And so yeah. I look I back, I take it back to me and I'm like, okay, it hurts. Why does it hurt? why why does the, do I let this hurt me and this is where the work starts I think yes absolutely I think as well um I think it comes from the parenting style that we've been that most of people are using um because we as children we look for our parents uh teachers as for external validation instead of internal validation. And though we mm-hmm. start this cycle of we need disapproval. We need to feel that we're okay. We need to feel that everybody's okay with us. And if someone's not okay with us, then we take it as a personal criticism. When really, and this is the other side of the coin for me, because I was raised by um, a mother who felt she was right and everybody was wrong. There was only one truth and it was hers. But what I uh, saw actually, I had a big aha moment. It was, I still remember where it happened in Paris at the corner of two streets. And I, I was observing sadly, uh, an accident where a motorbike was hit by a car and the, the, the man was lying on the ground and people started to gather. You know how people start together because they're curious and I hate mm-hmm. when people do that. Usually it usually makes me cringe. So I just didn't go near it at all just because of that, because of that energy. I could feel the energy. I didn't know I, I did but at that moment i realized that of the 30 50 odd people on that um junction it's not really a junction in paris but at the uh, um whatever it's called they all had a different perspective if even just because they weren't in the same physical space mm-hmm. and they also had a different perspective because of their emotional baggage and their beliefs and so mm-hmm. i realized in that second, that nobody was ever going to report this, this incident as the same thing, even if you put them all in the same room. Yeah, Some people might have assumed that the guy, the guy was dead when he wasn't. Uh, others might have, whatever it is, there was going to be mm-hmm. some assumptions and some beliefs that were going to color the incident in completely different ways. And this yep. freed me from my mother's view that only her truth was the uh, absolute truth. There was only one absolute truth, and it was hers. Um, because then I could accept that someone would disagree with me. Yes. Of course you can you can think that way and I can think that way and the world can stay the same and actually be a good place with two people thinking different things. But that's okay. not how I was brought up. So it's deconstructing these things. I don't know if any of our listeners will will well, hopefully they won't have had a mother that's as black and white as mine. But mm-hmm. <laughs> But it lives in in, in print and it's, you know, in school, we are conditioned to believe that the teacher is right and we're not when, you know, I think I'd like much more of a palette of colors. And um, as you know, I've home educated my children for seven years and I know that children sometimes know things because they can look at things differently than the person who's supposed to teach them. Um, and of course, having neurodivergent uh, children that's taken even to the next level. Yep. So, when we come back with this deconstructing of whatever we've been handed to as truth as children, uh, I think it, it helps with that fear of judgment because, in a way, everybody's going to judge us. Yep. So we just take it as granted. We judge ourselves, we judge others. That's also how we we label life, and that's how we put things in place so that the world makes sense and that we can cope with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be incredibly judgmental because I was brought up by this woman who was also incredibly judgmental. Um, but then i i I learned to soften that and to stop judging and to just accepting things as they are people will think different things people will want different things and they will look at life in different ways and it's yeah. okay it's yeah. okay there's a space yeah. for all of us yeah. what we want is not to compromise and this is where i want to talk a little bit about authenticity because it's something that's talked about a lot in business and sometimes i feel a little bit in two minds about that that speech of authenticity, because I, as the person that I've, I was born and, and grown up, I never felt I could be authentically me, because I was so radically different from my peers. Now, I realize I'm in the first stages of my assessment as um, a possible autistic person. I haven't been fully diagnosed yet. And in a way, it might not actually matter whether they find me to be autistic or not. I know I'm very different from most people, which has been a difficulty in my schooling years because there's so much conformity that is, the pressure of conformity is enormous um, in school and then later at work and everything else, which is why we have, you know, I've started this series around inclusion and diversity because we're finally coming to time in, in history where diversity... Is starting. I know it's only the very beginning, but diversity is starting to be um, appreciated for mm-hmm. its richness and and for a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I, it's very recent, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that ties all with the fear of judgment. You know, if yep. you don't feel you fit in, you're afraid that people are gonna. And and it comes from the fact that we're tribal people, right? But the moment. Yep. You don't try to be someone else so that you're liked by others. The moment you're completely yourself, and it t- and it can, it can take time. I want people I want to give permission to people that it's okay to want to please everyone and you just do one step at a time as you feel safe to do that, to just be yourself and have your own opinions. Now there's some people and I used to be like that, that are even afraid to have opinions that are gonna hurt other people because if you don't agree with others, then that might hurt them. We need to let that go, because as long as we come from a place of saying things in a way that is, um, I will say, I'm not going to say neutral. Neutral is not the word, but that we know that some people might disagree with us and we're not claiming to have the absolute truth, then there's no reason why we should harm someone else. You know, there's this saying that whatever you say, and I think it was Wayne Dyer, but I'm not exactly sure if it was his quote, and I'm not quoting verbatim, but what you think is um, your business and what other people, how people react to what you said or what you do is their business. And you need to not not take responsibility for everything in the world. I used to do that, and it was exhausting because you can't. Because there's always going to be someone unhappy, and then you'll bend over backwards to try and make those people happy. And actually, I spent most of my younger years trying to make other people happy, but I didn't realize it made me miserable. And they were mm-hmm. never happy anyway. It was never mm-hmm. enough. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to take this too and just branch into social media a little bit, because... I think you know most of us, I, I would feel that well, at least you and you and myself, and I would say most of our listeners, um, if you have a business, it's probably an online business. There's probably social media involved in some capacity, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and this is heightened and you, you touched on this earlier near the beginning, um, the like perfectionism, like how people are always posting their their lives on social media and then we start comparing ourselves against that and then it's it it's like this heightened thing and so again this like fear of being judged is going to be tenfold on social media or it can be tenfold on social media right because the quote-unquote like perfect lives are so enhanced that then our like normal lives it's like the you can see me on youtube i'm a hand talker if you're watching the
1: video (laughs) i just
2: (laughs) just realized not everyone's gonna be able to see me what i'm doing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i'm a hand talker i'm okay with that um but you know so it's it widens the gap is what i'm trying to say so social media widens the gap in in person yes you may still fear judgment yes you may not want to say something stupid yes you may want to make somebody else happy But you are perceiving them somewhere and you're perceiving yourself somewhere else. And there might not be a huge gap. Social media is going to widen that gap. So I also really want to say to anybody who's struggling with this on social media, I, to be perfectly honest, still struggle with this on social media. It is still something that comes up and I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, what what are people going to think when I post this? And most of the time I just do it anyway, because I've learned to move past it but i'm still conscious that it it rises up in me Um, remember and maybe you've heard it before but it doesn't matter if you've heard it we need to remember that social media is a highlight reel you cannot compare yourself against somebody else's highlight reel because we are all messy humans having
1: messy human experiences in the background all of us Yeah, and there's that phenomena where people are put on a pedestal and then, of course, the moment you're on a pedestal, someone is going to try and put you down. And so you were this perfect person and then you do something wrong and then suddenly you're evil and people like to see things in black and white. Uh, I think it's important there's more voices like yours and mine and I know there's many other entrepreneurs who are real, who speak in real terms to break up a bit this veneer or this, you know, um, curated life that actually sometimes has nothing yeah. to do with with real life. Now, I think it's also I'd like to briefly talk about how far do you go in that transparency, in that honesty, and in sharing yeah. your okay? Because I think that's the other side of the coin. Uh, yep. It's it's like, and I've it at the beginning. I remember when I was the first in social on social media, I was so afraid of writing anything in case something would be distorted and say something would misunderstand or even if someone would say oh I really like her work but she's going through some bad stuff so I'm not going to work with her and um, I, th- I think that fear is definitely still with me because I know I can do brilliant work and I know that if I had a session and I wasn't feeling you know up to it that day I would definitely contact that client and let them know. But how do you keep the balance? And for me, I'd love to have your view on this, Katie, before we, Mm -hmm. and then I think we could do a little bit of tapping, but because I have glasses and headphones the way I do, I'm going to have you do the tapping on you whilst I walk you through it. Are you okay with that? So we can actually help our audience with a little bit of tapping around these fears, because there's lots of fears, and we will have fears, we just have to do it anyway despite the fear and the more you move i think movement is brilliant for fear isn't it that if you move if you take action then the fear starts to um to shift a little bit yeah so where was i with that so for me i was always afraid and and i think for me the litmus test for how much to share is if i feel okay about sharing it and that might change in time so if i feel okay you know i feel okay to share about the fact that i'm going through a divorce and i'm selling my house and that there's some very challenging aspects of that um how about you what's the litmus test for you for in terms of what to share what not to share so
2: early on in my business i think it was my first ever business program that i joined and though much of that program didn't do much for me there's one thing that stuck one thing that stuck and I remember my coach saying share
1: from the scar
2: don't share from the wound
1: that is brilliant
2: and when I heard and when I heard that something about that just made sense to me because we're all going through things we all have wounds right we have a divorce we have the death of a partner we have moving we have life stresses And when you're in it, when you are like deep in that and you're just navigating grief or you're navigating whatever chaos that may be, you're not going to be able to share from a place of um, empowerment. You're sharing from a place of maybe being a victim, maybe just being really sad. Maybe you're just lost in the chaos of it. But when you've moved through the wound and you're in the scar phase, the scar phase is wisdom, growth, learning, clarity to me. So I do my best, even though when I'm going through stuff, I will still say I'm going through stuff, but I'm not going to give all the details and I'm not going to try to like teach from that place. Um, so for, so for me, that's a big one and, and yeah, it's, how does it feel? It's how does it feel in my body and what do I want? What's the
1: intention behind me sharing this? This is great. Oh my god, this is ah. brilliant Katie. The intention yeah. is so important because I've seen so many people share where they're really dumping things on others. Yes. They're not really doing it in case it might help someone. They're yes. doing it and and I've actually weeded out all these people from my life whether it's online or in real life. I'm not interested in people dumping their stuff on me. I'm sorry. We are all responsible for our own emotions. And um, and if we need to dump something, it should be to a therapist, not on social media. But I've seen it happen again and again and again. So yeah, yeah. intention. And from the scar, uh, not the the wound. This is probably why I'm not sharing too much about what I'm going on at the moment. Yes, even though I'm not hiding what's happening, it's because it's still very raw, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's a very Absolutely. good. Test.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And in a few months, in a year, in two years, in three years are you going to be able to then share, if it feels good, share in more depth? What happened? What did you do? How did you tune into your intuition? Maybe, maybe not. There's no way to know now how you're going to feel in that time.
1: No, for sure. And also, I suppose because we have a business and we have an intent for our business and we do certain things, then you also shift things what fits within my business and what doesn't. And I think that's actually... A good test of how mature your business is because I feel when your business is not mature you would tend to be a bit all over the place whereas when your business is very focused and you know who your ideal client is and you know what your messaging is then everything that happens to you can be put through this these lenses that actually serve your message right yeah absolutely Yes. And I know for myself I'm moving a little bit from the pure intuition thing, which is why I'm, you know, closing this chapter around pure intuition, moving towards mm-hmm. spiritual guidance, being a spiritual yeah. lawyer. So it's true that I'm moving more around while well, we're all on a journey, we're going through challenges, we need a mentor, and then and that all ties in. So mm-hmm. am I gonna use that? I have actually already guided people through difficult personal lives that were impacting their business or impacting their career. Um, I've done that, yeah, with many of my VIPs and and I guess this is where there's another piece I want to put in and I know we're digressing from the judgment desire to be liked but I think when I had a job, I felt that I could not bring my personal life to it, that I had to compartmentalize myself. So I had to leave whatever was happening at at home uh, on the threshold of my job. And to a certain extent, I understand why this happens. But when you're an entrepreneur, what happens in your, and and even in your career, actually, what happens in your private life has a massive impact on your business. So you need, and and we talked about this at one point, it was, um, you had even a webinar about that, didn't you? How important it is to look after yourself so that your business can thrive. So mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing when we talk about the fear of judgment, desire to be light, this is going to have a massive impact on your business because you might be afraid to actually share something about what is unique about you that is crucial for your success. Like me not wanting to say that I was a psychic. Um, but you need to do it anyway because otherwise it's one of the key elements to your success. What well, do you have yeah. to say to that, Katie?
2: Yeah. I would love if you you mentioned before leading us through a tapping exercise, yeah, I would. If you if you still think that we have time, I would love for you to do that because it's one thing to say feel the fear and do it anyway. It's okay. another thing to have a ha, have a tool to deal with okay. the fear.
1: Yeah? So I'm going to explain whilst you tap a little bit for people who've never done any tapping. Maybe we'll invite them to go onto YouTube, either your YouTube or mine. Um, yep. Mine is the Intuitive Revolution in the, with Ange, I think. Um, and yours, is it self-love ignited or is it Katie Allen? Which I think it's Katie. It? It, it's Katie Allen coaching. Okay. Yeah. So with tapping, you start at the top of your head um, and you tap very gently. With You can tap with all your fingers. That's a good tip because you don't know exactly where the tapping points are. And you do it as in a circular motion. So you're sure to tap in the right place. It's kind of a bit of a hit and miss thing. Then we're going to go into the uh, inner part of the brow. On YouTube, is gonna be obvious. Then we tap on the outside of the eye, just on the line uh, where there's a little bit of a dip. Then we do it underneath the eye, right mm-hmm. in the middle on the bone, then underneath, the in between the nose and the upper lip, mm-hmm. then on the chin. And there's two points next to our, uh, a little bit underneath our collarbone that are a little bit more sensitive. If we find it, then we tap on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think I'm going to go straight to the wrist with two fingers on the wrist flat and then the karate chop is on the side of the hand so uh hopefully this is don't worry if you don't do it exactly right it's not something that needs to be you know um very precise and w- the beauty that I learned when I trained in EFT is that even if you didn't tap and you just listened to us it would clear the energy for you because this yeah. it it does it by osmosis so yeah. just by looking at katie or listening to what i'm doing to katie and even if you're in the public space you're listening to this podcast in your car and you're in the bus you don't want to tap and look stupid in front of everyone you just imagine that you're doing it with us and it's enough yeah. so what i'm going to do is i'm going to say the first oh. statement i want to send we're going to do on. just five Hold minutes on. yeah Go on. can i interrupt
2: the tapping points i i wanted to say to
1: anybody who's ever watched me tap
2: or done my tapping i use different tapping points Okay. So if you are leading me through and I start tapping in different spots, that's why. But I'm going to try to use (laughs) yours. Okay.
1: All right. Let's start with the karate chop. And I'm going to start with the opening statement. Even though I fear being judged and I really want people to like me, I completely love and accept myself. Even though I have this fear of being judged and this desire to be loved by everyone, I completely love and accept myself. Even though I have this fear of judgment and this desire to be liked, I completely love and accept myself. So we do a statement. I know it wasn't exactly the same words. We repeat it three times. And we tap on the side of our hands with two fingers, look at Katie, or just imagine what she's doing. Now let's start at the top. We're going to do only five minutes. Um, I, I know I'm afraid of being judged. Let's go to the eye. I have been told so many times that what I did was wrong. I've been criticized. I've been ridiculed. I've been excluded from groups. Go to the side of your eye. We're going to tap through the negative emotions at first until we feel this sort of shift. So, Katie, if you could maybe raise your other hand when you feel there's been a shift so I know uh, when to move on. So, I, I know it's normal for me to have these fears. And I'm willing to let them go. Because I know that these fears are not helping me. I know these fears are creating limitations. This fear of judgment. And let's tap under the, yeah, let's move the energy. This fear of judgment. This fear of a nasty remark. I know, I know why I have it. It's happened to me many times. But I no longer want to be defined by my past. I'm willing to let it go. In fear of judgment. All right. And that, it's really interesting, because I've just seen Katie breathe out. If, whilst you do this sequence, you feel that yawning, or you just have a big fight, or even a burp, <laughs> it can happen. That means you're releasing the energy. It's brilliant. Keep going. So we're going to do one more round, and then we'll wrap up. So let's get back to, let's get to the wrist. This fear of judgment, I know it served me. I'm really grateful for it. It's also kept me safe, but I'm ready to let it go. This fear of judgment, let's tap again on the top of the head. This fear of judgment. I'm through with it. I'm ready to let go whatever I am ready to let go of it. And that will be good. I'm not going to judge how much I can let go. I'm just going to let it go. I'm ready. I'm ready to let go. The fear of judgment. I'm ready to let it go. And then one more on the wrist. A little bit on the karate chop, and then we're going to take three deep breaths. We're going to shake our hands down, shake the energy off. One deep breath, and two more. Then so maybe shake our head, move around. I'd like to have a little bit of feedback from you, Katie, about how that went for you. <sighs>
2: I just want to say that I muted myself halfway through so that I could speak out loud and not interrupt everybody else who's listening because it's, at least for myself, it's so much more powerful when I say it out loud. And also I'm super out of it right now because tapping always like, I always feel really um swirly after like my energy. It really gets things moving. Okay. Um, but that, even though I do not have or I do not identify someone who has a large fear of judgment. I can feel it, like moving. I yawned like, I don't know, I yawned a couple of times. I had like deep breaths where I was like <sighs> like releasing. Um, and it just speaks to how powerful tapping is. Like that's such a simple exercise, but so yeah. powerful.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you for being my well, not really my guinea pig, because I'm qualified as a EFT practice. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> I um you know I feel like the magician on the stage when they put the lady in the out of the box <laughs> and here's the pigeon and here is the flowers or whatever I, it is.
2: I love it. I but love it, it.
1: It is magic. It is magic work because even though it's um it's simple, it has the ability to move energy within our bodies and to move energy within our thoughts and that alone i think can be very therapeutic absolutely anything you'd like to add for today on the topic or any parting words to my my podcast community <laughs> um i would well on the topic i would just
2: like to say again reiterate if you feel fear around being judged if you feel like you are really trying you want to make sure that other people like you Again, you know, like we said at the beginning, it's, this is like a normal thing. It's common. There are reasons why it, right? Like your brain is designed in a way that makes sense why this happens, but you are not powerless against it. There is something that you can do because, you know, if we stay in the fear, then it's going to inhibit your business. It's going to inhibit your marketing and your connecting with your audience and all those other things. Um, And, you know, that little tapping exercise that we did, is one of many, you know, there's so many different things that you can do to help you move through fear. And that was just a really great, simple example um, of, of something. So thank you for that. Um, and then as far as parting words to your podcast community, Aj, I feel like I have been on your podcast almost as many times as I have as I have been on my own podcast. I have been on as a guest multiple times. I've been on to interview you when you wanted to share your story and you know I just it it's been a pleasure you know I love I mean you are my friend you are also my mentor you know we do sessions together outside of podcasting um and it is always a pleasure to sit with you to share with you to receive your knowledge and your wisdom and even though this may be the end for this particular podcast, it most certainly is not the end for you and what you have to offer, and um, I just I can't wait to see and hear and you know I can't, I can't wait for what comes next
1: for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. I I want to thank you, Pacey. Absolutely, where our journeys have been. Um, well, we've we've met in in a business group in a business program, actually. Mm-hmm. And we've worked together and we've supported each other's businesses. We've um, cross-fertilized our businesses and we've had lots of fun. So thank you, Katie, for all your presence on my podcast and in my life. And, and as a friend, since we've met, it's been just delightful to take that next step. Um, and I also want to thank all my audience, everybody who's going to listen to these episodes, whether it's now or in two years' time. I don't know if I'm going to leave it live. Probably I'll leave it live for now. When the new podcast comes, I'll decide what to do with it. Uh, I've really loved thing um, I love podcasting. I think I love talking. I didn't know I did, but I do. I love talking about <laughs> things that matter to me. <laughs> and hopefully it's helpful for other people too. Um, I'm not giving up on that intuition business thing because I think it's, it's one of my life's missions to put intuition on the curriculum all the way from school to universities. Um, But I think I want to broaden because I have a lot of wisdom to bring in terms of spirituality um, in business. And I think that's that's a fascinating topic that I want to embrace. You know, I have touched upon it a little bit in this podcast. So thank you so much. And um, don't forget to sign up. I'll have a couple of links. It's probably too late to sign up for my webinar. But... um, Stephanie for my newsletter and I'll put a link as well if you want to buy the Relax and Recharge guided meditation um, yeah. Thank you and a very merry festive season for whoever uh, listens to this in December I know we all have different traditions
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and some are warm and some are cold <laughs> <laughs> I used yeah. to be very ethnocentric in that way but I'm not anymore um, and um, yeah Uh, on to the next adventure thank you everyone bye
0: bye thank you for listening to another episode of the business intuition podcast if you like this episode make sure you subscribe give us a rating and if you haven't done it yet write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast don't forget to join my free group on facebook Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.